Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? That's a haunting question. whether it be paper or electronic. Uh, Hebrews 4, uh, 14 through 5:10. And through the first few part, uh, chapters of Hebrews, um, we see that Jesus is compared to Moses as an apostle, um, but better than the apostle that Moses was. And today we are looking at Jesus as high priest. Um, and compared to Aaron, but he's a better high priest. And we're going to take a look at that. Uh, and truly, even just a little tiny bit, understand more about how much Jesus loves us. And I'm going to start not in 414. I'll start in, in chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, just to kind of take a look at what the high priest did and who he was and... and uh, his, one of his major responsibilities. So Hebrews 5, 1 through 4 says, For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins just as he does for those of the people. No one can takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So here are three qualifications of what a high priest uh, needed to have and needed to do. One was to have, to be a mediator between man and God. Uh, if you look at appointed, the phrase appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God. Uh, the high priest had the duty to go during the, the Day of Atonement that we'll talk about in a minute, to meet with God and have that time being a representation for his people to God. So a mediator to God, a high priest also needs to sympathize with those that he represents. And it says in the passage, he can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is beset with weakness. Uh, so the high priest needs to know his people and needs to be a part of their lives, and needs to know what's going on with them, and to sympathize with them, also knowing that he is in the same situation that they are in. And then thirdly, he must be divinely appointed to his office, that no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So the high priest was very responsible for, for a lot of things uh, in the temple and all the activity throughout the year, but his primary duty was the Day of Atonement. And this is where he would uh, have to go into the Holy of Holies, uh, through the veil, into the place uh, where the mercy seat was, and, and offer a blood sacrifice for his people uh, by the shed blood of, of these animals. And he would pick two goats and a bull uh, during this process. Uh, now, the bull represented his sins, as the scripture said, he had to atone for his own sin uh, before being able to continue on with uh, the sin of the people. And the bull represented, was a sacrifice that he had to do 
And then there were the two goats. Uh, and the two goats, he would draw lots to see who, which goat was going to be uh, sacrificed to God in the Holy of Holies. The other goat was actually the scapegoat. Uh, and the priest would go and, and take, now this I don't understand, maybe he had, he had it all written out, but he would recite the sins of his people and, and recite them over this goat, the scapegoat, to take uh, all the sins of the people, recite it onto this goat, and then the goat was led out into the wilderness uh, to be gone. Uh, and that's where we get the word scapegoat from. So after that, he would go back with the blood of the bull and go into the mercy seat to sprinkle blood for himself, and then the blood of the goat uh, to spread for the people. And that was the, the major part of the Day of Atonement. And a very cool and important aspect to the mercy seat was that is where, uh, for a moment, God met with this priest, uh, this high priest. If you look in Exodus 5, 21 and 22, uh, this is a declaration from God of, of what this high priest needed to do in order to atone for the sins of the people. If he, Exodus 5, 21 to 22 says, You shall put the mercy seat on the top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you. And there I will meet with you, and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim which are on the ark of the testimony, testimony about everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. So the blood sprinkled on the mercy seat was, was the moment that the high priest got to meet with God. And that was the mediation between uh, the people that the high priest represented and God the Father. And it was just for a moment. But why even have all of this? Uh, it, it is down to the, the problem that we have of sin. And I think that sometimes we take sin for lightly, or sin lightly. Um, you know, well, I blew it today, I'll just pray and ask for forgiveness, and God will forgive me, and on I go. Um, but I want to remind us today that the, the problem that sin is, uh, the true separation, uh, the ripping apart of this relationship between God and man uh, that sin represents, sin is really a rebellion against God. Uh, it is completely willful disobedience, saying, God, I don't care what you have for me. I don't care what you want me to do. I'm going to do my own thing. And we talk about sin. Uh, when we have sin in our life, it's missing the mark. Uh, so you're over here, and you pull that bow and arrow back towards the target, and you're shooting for the bullseye. And the picture of sin is that we miss the bullseye. We miss the mark. Uh, we can't hit it perfect. But sin sometimes, and I know it's in my life, that I line that thing up, and I'm like, you know what, God? I don't even, I don't even care if I hit the whole target. And I just aim it off anywhere just to release the, the arrow. That is, is sin of just completely rebelling against God. And we claim Christ as our Savior. We come and we worship together. But how many times in our week are we like, God, forget this. I've got this. I'll handle it my own, on my own. I don't need your will on my life for this situation. I'm going to just do it myself. And, and be willfully disobedient. That picture crushes me um, to, to think that that's what God sees, where I just might, it might have just been a fleeting thought as I went about my day, but knowing that I have completely 
rejected what God has for me. Um, we have a major problem of sin in our lives. Um, and that was a point of where God said, look, you need to atone for this sin. Um, this, this idea of propitiation is an amazing thing. And I should, uh, like Pastor said, we could talk weeks on that. Um, but here is God that hates sin. He doesn't like sin. Um, and yet we continue to sin in our lives, even with the proclamation of Christ in our heart. And we will, we will always sin to the day that we die. Uh, Christ was the only man that went through life without sinning. But we need to understand the severity of our situation, that sin is a major problem. And so these high priests, once a year, took care of the sin of all the people uh, through this act in the Holy of Holies and on the Day of Atonement. Now, of course, in my mind, I sat there thinking, well, wait a second, if it's once a year, the very next day when I mess up in sin, now I have to wait a whole year to be forgiven? Um, that kind of stinks, you know, and to, now I have to go tell the priest all the things that I did so he can recite it on the goat um, and have that taken care of. But that was the, the original part or one of the, the main situations that God allowed man to be, have his, his sins atoned for, and that was by the shed blood uh, of a goat. Uh, and for the act of the high priest to go into the Holy of Holies. But we continue in sin. There is still a situation. Um, and God was not ready for that to be the way for it to be for all time. He had a much better solution. Uh, a high priest that was much better than the high priest that were going. Uh, doing the act of a high priest. And that was a great high priest. His son, Christ Jesus. So... I want to take now these qualifications of what a high priest needed to do, this day of atonement, um, our problem with sin, and how do we put Jesus uh, in the picture of this great high priest. So back to Hebrews 4.14, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. And here Jesus is referred to not just a high priest, the great high priest. He has gone through the heavens. Uh, he has not just gone to the, the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies. He has made it to the throne of God, uh, where grace and mercy abide. And that is, that is Jesus. The high, I want to jump ahead so bad right now. So, so here's Jesus. So let's take these three qualifications of a high priest. Um, and I'm going to go in reverse order just because I kind of want to when it kind of falls that way in the passage anyway. Um, but three qualifications. First is to be divinely appointed to his office, which is kind of given, being the son of God. Uh, he must be able to sympathize with those he represents, and he must be a mediator between man and God. So let's see how Jesus falls into all of this. Must be divinely appointed to his office. And it says there in verse 5 that Christ did not exalt himself to, meet, to be made a high priest. The high priest couldn't sit there and elect themselves and just say, look, you know, you guys are, you know, completely clueless. I know what I need to do. I'm going to be high priest for you guys, okay? Um, and, that, and that wasn't the, the fact. And it wasn't that people voted for a high priest. He had to be appointed by God. And here God is saying, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Uh, that's found back in Psalms. 
And also in Matthew 3 and in Matthew 17, we see this ordaining of God the Father claiming Christ as his son, saying, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. So this is pretty much a given that, that Jesus is, was appointed by God, that he didn't take it on himself. Uh, that's the beauty of this relationship uh, with God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that they, they work together. This isn't a complete separation of their three uh, beings, but they, they are, are, are one God. I mean, I can't explain it any better. So here's this picture of, of God saying, this is my son, and I proclaim him as a great high priest. The second part of being a high priest is to be able to sympathize with those that he represents. And we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one in every respect who has been tempted as we are without sin. Um, and here's the picture of Jesus that, that went through what we went through, who knows how to sympathize for us because he experienced the life that we have experienced. Um, he ate for us. He agreed with us. He comforts us. is compassionate. He understands. And we see that throughout all of Scripture, that he truly understood what it means to be a human. He didn't get to just skate, skate through life because he was God. He was also 100% human. He understands us. And I, I love that, that Jesus truly understands us, understands our life. Um, unlike a barber that's bald. Um, I don't recommend going to a barber that's bald to get a haircut because I don't think he knows how to deal with hair correctly. Am I right? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Troy. Um, <laughs> he, he brought it. Never mind. Right. Okay, and now let me tell you this other story that even Carrie had forgotten. I was on uh, our high school swim team my freshman year of high school. Um, went, worked out, we made it to state a couple of times throughout the years. I just did it the one year. Guess what my coach did not know how to do? Didn't know how to swim. You're right. Like, really? Like, you're going to teach me how to swim? You're going to tell me that it's difficult after 500 yards in the pool for warm-up? that, you know, yeah, I don't understand what you guys are going through. No, you don't. You might can stand in the water, but you definitely aren't swimming. That was insane. Um, we don't want people in our lives helping us out in a situation that they have never gone through. Um, but here is Jesus, uh, who is sympathizing with us in our condition because he understands us, because he did experience life. He experienced hunger and thirst and weariness. He felt love and compassion, anxiety and fear. Think of the loss of his friend Lazarus when Lazarus died. He wept. That wasn't just for a show for the people. He truly lost his friend and felt a deep loss in his life. The drama. Um, as a youth pastor, I deal with some drama of the teenagers. I still think adult drama is worse. Just saying. But... Can you imagine dealing with all of the disciples and all their jealousies and, you know, oh, I'm not being, I don't get as much Jesus time as so-and-so, you know? He had to deal with that. He had to deal with the anger uh, of the market being in the temple, of the frustration over and over trying to get through to these Pharisees that he was the Messiah. And they weren't getting it. 
How frustrating would that be? The rejection. At one point when he laid out what a true uh, servant and follower of Christ would be, that most of them left and said, forget it, I'm out. This, I'm not ready for this commitment. After all the, the lessons that they had, uh, their den- the denial of Peter, I know that that hurt. Uh, going through the harsh sentence that, that Pilate went, and then the pain, the physical pain and agony of the crucifixion. And one thing that I kept going back to was imagining that time of saying goodbye to his mom, um, that he had to say goodbye. Don't tell me that that wasn't um, deep in his heart and on his mind. Um, here is a high, great high priest that can sympathize with us. And with that experience, knowing that, we have a great confidence in this high priest. Um, and then temptation, that Jesus sympathizes with us because he was tempted uh, his whole time through the desert. And knowing that he wasn't disqualified because he was of a divine nature, he was fully man. And being sinless also didn't preclude temptation from his life. Um, because Adam and Eve didn't have sin. Adam and Eve had it great. And then temptation came, and they blew it. Um, Here is Jesus that that didn't sin at all. Temptation came, uh, and he didn't blow it because he was without sin. And if you're like me, temptation comes, and there might be some times I can reject it, but then the next time gets a little harder and more difficult. Could you imagine the level of temptation Christ endured because he was able to still continue to say no. That gives me great hope, because I don't know about you, but I bail out real quick when temptation comes. Uh, There's times I can, you know, see it down the road and I give in before it even comes. Um, You know, just one more chip, just one more cookie, I'll be fine after that, and then a minute later I get another one. and, and I love playing games, and it's like, and don't laugh, guys, I'll say one more game, then I need to go to bed. And two hours later, I'm still up. Um, but there's times that temptation comes. There's times that, that you could choose to say something, uh, and you're like, no, I better not say it, and then out it comes. Um, so many times we are faced with so many issues. Times that we might be on... Um, things on the computer that we shouldn't be on and, and trying to, well, maybe I have a couple of minutes before someone comes in the room. Or maybe in my marriage, I'm just, forget this. I would rather do and say everything that I want to say and not worry about my spouse. Um, dealing with people at work, dealing with a job situation. You know what? I could probably get away with, with part of this project if I just you know, gave it to someone else or didn't do it, and maybe no one will see. Uh, There is so much temptation, but Christ went through that. And we have great confidence knowing that he was without sin with all the level of temptation that he went through. And knowing that because of experiencing this temptation, he knows what we are dealing with. He knows what we need to get through our temptation. And with that, we have great confidence in Jesus Christ, our high priest. So he sympathizes with us because he understands us, because he was tempted also. He also sympathizes with us because he loves us. Um, We cannot fathom the amount and the depth and the width of this love that Jesus Christ has for us. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications 
with loud cries and tears to him who is able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Here is a picture of, of Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane that he knew what was coming. He knew the sacrifice that he had to endure. He knew the great uh, amount of pain that he was going to feel because he was taking all of our sins on us. And in that passage in Mark 14, it says that he began to feel distressed and troubled, greatly distressed, and that his soul was very sorrowful even to death. Here is Christ Jesus who not only knew our sins, because God knows all of our sins. So imagine the high priest reciting the sins of his people on this one goat, which was long enough. But here is Christ Jesus who is taking the sin of the world, not just in that moment, but the sin of mankind for all time and for all time before, that here is a Christ that knows our sin, knows our name, that the name of our sin, knows us, the sins and sorrows of the entire world. He loved us so much that he knew what it was going to take and still endured to the cross. That's a Christ that loves us, that can sympathize with a love that we will never understand. But he truly knows the depth of that and cried out and tears came on his face knowing that all of this truly was going to be worth it. But it was a time of pain and agony uh, and stress that we will never feel. And, and knowing that, knowing that in that moment where the deepest, darkest recesses of depression and anxiety and stress that we will never come to a level of, but knowing that Christ went endured through that, knowing that he came out victorious, we have that same hope uh, with Christ in our life. And what an amazing picture of this, of this high priest great high priest that loves us because um, he can sympathize with us. And then the third part of being a high priest was the mediator between man and God. And I talked about the high priest being able to go into the Holy of Holies behind the veil just for a moment um, at the mercy seat to experience God for a moment. But here is Christ Jesus that with his own blood didn't use a bull or a goat, his own blood went to the throne of God and sacrificed himself for us. So that, guess what? That veil is gone, ripped from top to bottom. There is no going to the mercy seat. We get to go to the throne of God for full access to mercy and grace. How amazing is that? That we have a, a Christ that has gone through the heavens to the throne of God and said, these are my beloved, uh, and these are uh, mine, through my, my blood on the cross um, and accept them as yours. And what an amazing picture that we have direct access, all access, all the time access to God the Father. We don't have to wait a year for my mess up on Monday. Um, I get to go to God the Father now and say, Father, I've blown it. Please forgive me. Um, please let me experience your grace and mercy in my life. And guess what? Once for all. We don't need priests anymore. We don't need any other action uh, from the shed blood of Christ but that one time, the one time on the cross that his blood was shed and spilled for us and then he rose again to conquer sin and death. Once for all, Hebrews 10.10, 10, and by that 
will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. That veil is gone. We have a complete access to, Jesus, to God the Father. Um, and that powerful symbol in Jesus' day, to be there and experience in that veil gone um, is just amazing. And that we get to go directly to God through Jesus Christ. And let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We don't need man. We don't need an amazing worship service. Um, we need to be a part of that. But we have one way to God the Father, and that is through Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, Christ himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Christ is a great mediator between God and man, for there is only one God, and Christ crossed that division between man and God. Uh, for us to experience in verse 9, and for him to become the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. We have that sin problem. We still have that sin problem. But Christ, the great high priest, came to, to solve that for us, to obliterate this problem for us. Because sin has completely separated man from God, that there is no way to get to God the Father. And man has tried over and over. We have tried with religion. We have tried with our good works and our good deeds. We have tried with, with different avenues of religion or let's, you know, let's study the universe, let's study this or that to try to, there's got to be an easier way for us to have access to God. But when Christ Jesus died on the cross, that cross landed square in the middle between us to bridge that chasm between sin and death for us to be able to get uh, from our situation of sin where we are to our Heavenly Father um, by and the only way is through the cross of Jesus Christ. And because of that, because all of us have sinned and fallen short and missed that mark, and a lot of times on purpose, um, Christ shed blood, co covered all of our sin. He was the atonement for our sin once for all. And we have direct access to God the Father. And all we have to do is say, Lord Jesus, I know that you are my Savior. I know that you died on the cross for our, my sin. I know that my sin is forgiven uh, because you came and you died uh, for my sin. You took on the burden of all of my life, everything I'm ever going to experience and have experienced. Father, you have been there because you understand me, because you love me, um, because you have been there and you have chosen to die for me. And with that, our sins are forgiven. We know that we get to spend eternity in heaven with God the Father because we have chosen the one way, the one life that is in Christ Jesus. And what an amazing picture of Christ Jesus, the high priest, a better high priest, the only, the great high priest. There is no other way. There is no other path in life that's worth going for or pursuing. There is no other formula or book or you know, DVD or YouTube channel or whatever to make life better. There's only one way, and that is Jesus Christ. Because he's been there, he's experienced it, he died for it, he died for us. We've got to hold on with great confidence, knowing that we get to go 
to the throne of God and experience full grace and mercy on our lives. There is no better way. There is no better way because Jesus truly, deeply adores and loves us. And we need to hold on to that with every, every ounce and every fiber of our being. Um, as we enter this time of invitation, invitation, I pray that if you don't know Jesus as Savior, if you are not 100% confident that you understand this picture of salvation, this picture of Jesus as the high priest, please come talk to me. Come talk to any of us um, and, and help us to show you even more. Or maybe today is a time for you to accept Christ. I pray during this time of invitation that you will come and make this decision or continue to, to find out what God has for us as we hold on with great confidence to this Christ who is our Savior, uh, to Jesus our Lord, and we continue to lift his name high and to live for his glory uh, in everything that we do. Let's close in prayer and then when we'll go into our time of invitation. Father, I thank you for uh, this picture of, of a high priest and this picture of placing your son uh, to be the great high priest, uh, that once for all, with his blood, our sins are gone. Uh, this, this separation from you, Father, is completely covered over uh, with the cross of Jesus. Father, I pray that we continue to delve deep in our lives and our hearts with all the exciting things that happen, with all the joyous celebrations that we have uh, to our deepest, darkest depression and sin, knowing that you are there. Father, that Jesus has experienced this and has died for us. Father, I thank you for this picture of love uh, that is so amazing and so beautiful that we continue to hold on to you in everything that we do. Father, I pray for any here that don't know you, that they will come to know you today. Father, for those in our lives that don't know you, that we will, can be a witness for you uh, and to continue to share the love and this light into this dark world. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.